0: Welcome to the Ministry Focus Worship Essentials Podcast. This podcast will focus on looking into biblical standards of worship and how it applies to us as the body of Christ, as well as talking about issues involving worship in today's church. I'm your host, Brian Foster. Let's talk worship. And welcome to another edition of the Worship Essentials podcast. And as always, I want to start out in the Word of God. And today's scripture is coming out of the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter number 10 and verses 24 through 25. The Word of God says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Meeting together is important. Worshiping God by encouraging and spurring others on and in turn being encouraged and spurred on by others is commanded. When we choose something else of a church, we miss out on the real gift of community we are saying, in essence, I can do life alone. Thank you very much. I don't need the community of believers, and they don't need me. And if they do, I don't really care. I'm good. Does that sound arrogant? This seems to be what the writer of Hebrews was saying or implying. The writer of Hebrews indicated that some Christians were already in the habit of missing church. That's how it's ha- That's how it usually happens, isn't it? We miss once for a vacation. We miss again for a sickness. We miss again for a game or an event. We get free tickets to a concert. We have a work function we can't miss. A friend invites us to dinner or a show. We catch one quick weekend out of town on Labor Day. We are exhausted one week and just need a break. Our kid joins a team that travels. Before long, what used to be a church worship community habit has been replaced by a new habit, missing out. So why not turn this back around, reprioritize, cancel the trip, skip the game, turn down the tickets, take the red eye, and choose the path that King David and the writer of Hebrews marked out for us. The That path leads to church and to a better you and to better worship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to uh, present this and uh, this podcast to our listeners. And uh, Father, I'm grateful for each and every one that has listened and has uh, been blessed by this podcast. And I pray, Father, for your blessings upon this podcast today. Lord, as we take a look at um, several things to in, introduce a new song into a, a congregation, Father, I pray that you would give me the words to speak. Lord, that you would help me articulate this in a way that uh, everyone will be able to take it and apply it to their everyday walk with you and apply it to their own worship ministries. And Father, I just give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all you have done and for all that you continue to do. And I ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. On today's podcast, I want to take a look at how to introduce new songs to your congregation. Now, Brother Kenny Lamb, who is the uh, uh, worship strategist for the North Carolina Baptist State Convention, uh, he... Listed some excellent ways of how to introduce these new songs in the worship leaders handbook as um, uh, that he has written for uh, other worship leaders across the state of North Carolina. Let's look at nine ways that Kenny lists of how to introduce new songs into your congregation. First, let's begin with begin your service with the new song. The new song will not interfere with the forward movement of worship. If it comes at the beginning, you can follow the new song with a familiar one and continue your progression of worship. It also is best to repeat the verse and or chorus several times. This way, the melody and the lyrics have a better opportunity to imprint themselves on the, on the congregation's hearts and their minds. Now, I have seen some churches that uh, utilize this particular technique, and it works for them. Now, what works for the church down the street may not necessarily work for your church. So these this may be something that you want to try, and if it doesn't work, I'm going to give you some other ideas here in the next few moments. But if you want to start out the psalm, start it out at the beginning, and then you can just like uh, Kenny suggests, you can get a familiar song to come afterward, and then that way it won't break up your progression of your worship. And, you know, a lot of the times you can have other elements uh, that could um, that could halt the progress of your worship such as taking up an offering uh, or whatever. Now, that may be the traditional way of uh, you may want to do it uh, in between songs or whatever. And that's if that's up to your pastor and he wants to do that, then by all means do it. But you don't want anything during that time of worship to hinder it. So that way, if you begin with the new song, sing it sing the verse or chorus or sing the chorus a couple of times and then move on to the next song, then that could be an effective way that your people could learn uh, a, a new song. Now, number two, if you want to use the song later in the service, simply introduce it before the worship service begins. So you tell the congregation that this is a new song and that you'll be singing again later in the service and that you want everyone to get familiar with it before the worship time begins, then sing through a verse and a chorus. And you can do this with just the guitar or keyboard. In a sense, you open worship with a teaching time, introducing a new song that uh, can then be used later in worship. Now, again, what works for one church may not work for the other. You may not have that time to uh, introduce this song as a teaching moment uh, before your worship service. Now some Churches do have uh, extended periods of worship. They may start their worship at 1030 and continue on until 12. If that's the case, then you may or the pastor may allow you the time if you wanted to introduce a new psalm to go over it prior to getting into the crux of the worship. Or uh, it, say, for instance, uh, they come out of Sunday school and say your worship service may start at 1045. Well, you could gather at 1030 if Sunday school ends at that time. Introduce the song, kind of go over it, and then by 1045, boom, you're ready to go. Uh, So that is one way, but not a lot of churches allow that much time. Uh, So just, again, it all is dependent upon what your worship is like at your church and what time you are allowed for worship, uh, doing that a lot of time. Now, number three The new song needs to be sung several weeks in a row. I am a big proponent of this. Uh, This is a concept that is so often overlooked by worship leaders and one of vital importance. One-third or more of your church is absent on a given Sunday. There are other circumstances that reduce the overall attendance numbers on any given Sunday. You can use the rule... 3-1-1 3 three one one, or 2 one you repeat a new song for two or three consecutive Sundays, and then give it one Sunday of rest. On the next Sunday, add it back to worship and see how well the congregation has learned it. With this kind of repetition, you are helping the congregation take on the song as part of its worship vocabulary. Unfortunately, if you do the song one week and then skip a month or more, the song may seem new all over again. It is imperative that you that you use a repetition in learning the new song, and again, I'm a big proponent of this um now, as I mentioned before in previous podcast uh I'm kind of reintroducing some uh older praise and worship songs that our church used to do uh, when I first came on as the minister of music and reintroducing them and to a lot of our congregation. There has been uh, some turnover over the years, of course. So a lot of our members are new and we're not familiar with the way that we sung these particular praise and worship songs. So I'm reintroducing them as if they are new songs, although they have been sung previously. So. I'm adding them on a repeat basis. Now, I may not repeat them as often as Kenny suggests because they're not necessarily brand new songs, but they are newer to our congregation. So, I may do uh, the two one one method most of the time, uh, or I may just do a two one method. I'll do it for a couple of Sundays and and rest it, and come back maybe in another two Sundays and reintroduce it at at a different service, whether it's a PM service or uh, a Wednesday evening service or whatever. So, but this, is uh, in order for your congregation to learn it, you need to be repetitive with it and get them familiar with it as much as they are familiar with Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Number four, introduce new songs in small group settings before you use them with your congregation. When more people are familiar with the song, the congregation grasps the new song much quicker. Teach the song in youth worship venues, small group Bible studies, choirs, men's groups, and I will add praise teams to this as well, or other smaller settings that occurs in your church's life. The more people who know the song before you introduce it in worship, the better the experience will be. I depend a lot on my praise team and choir to help me um, introduce new songs to our congregation. Now, some of these songs we'll keep as specials just for the choir or for uh, the praise team, but sometimes we'll sing songs that we'll introduce at a later time to our congregation, and I'm going to cover that here in just a few moments. But... The choir and your praise team are going to be perfect gauges for you to utilize to see if this new song would get a positive response and have a positive effect on them. In other words, are they able to worship through this new song? Now, the first couple of times they may not be able to uh, because it's so new to them and, and they're not familiar with it. But as they begin to sing it and you begin to rehearse it and, and you practice it at home, then you'll be able to respond better to the message of the psalm. If that happens, then that can kind of give you a good gauge of how your congregation is going to act, because your your smaller groups are going to be pretty much the core members of your church. And if they respond positive to it, then nine times out of ten, the rest of the congregation is going to respond positive as well. So utilizing small groups, ensembles, and and praise teams uh, can be a very effective way of uh, introducing new songs. Number five, introduce the new song as a a presentational music or special music. A soloist or ensemble could sing the song the Sunday before using it with the congregation. A nice instrumental arrangement can help people learn the tune. Now, again, uh, dealing not only with soloists, but your praise team or your choir, and you can present it as a, uh, a special music uh, entry from them. That kind of puts the melody in everyone's ears, and then the following Sunday say, okay, you heard the praise team sing it last week, now I want us to sing it. And introduce it that way, and, and then... That way, they'll have it on their minds from the previous week. And again, you can kind of gauge as you sing and as you worship what their responses is as to whether or not you need to continue using it or put it off to the side and work on it some more. Number six, play a recording of the new song as people are gathering for worship. You can select 10 new songs to introduce in the coming months and have them played as people gather for worship. Little by little, the people become familiar with the songs before the songs are formally introduced in worship. A lot of the times here at our church, we do utilize that uh, method uh, and implement some new songs that I've been thinking about using for congregational worship into our music mix as we play them before our service. So that way, uh, and we usually play it for a month. Um, I'll probably put maybe five new songs that I, I may be thinking about or five praise and worship songs that I'm thinking about or hymns, uh, that I will put onto the playlist, uh, as they come into the, the, uh, the worship service. And that way, They hear it, they'll get the melody of it. If they like it, they'll remember it. If they don't, they may not, but uh, until they do it uh, at at a particular service. But at least ways, that kind of helps you indoctrinate them into what you're thinking about as far as new songs for your congregation and when you may sing them. Number seven, create a webpage with a virtual jukebox or upcoming or for upcoming worship songs. Create a web page with a virtual jukebox of upcoming worship songs using Spotify or YouTube videos embedded or linked on the church's website. As long as you are using Spotify audio or YouTube videos, you do not need to secure licenses. Now, to legally embed your in-house audio files, you would need a license for a streaming license to cover this. You need to check out the CCS streaming license, okay? The cost is greater, but you would have the same benefits as previously mentioned. Begin with only about 10 songs that people will first focus on, uh, on those. And then if you want some ideas of what uh, songs are being sung in churches, You can go on the CCLI website and you can take a look at their top 100 hymns and praise and worship songs uh, for that particular month. And uh, they usually update them uh, at least every month that I'm aware of. They may update uh, more like a weekly, but usually monthly is uh, when they uh, will for sure uh, update these lists and tell you what's popular in churches today and what's being sung in churches today. Now, Again, if you use the audio files or the YouTube files, uh, you don't need to secure a license, but if you, uh, legally embed your in-house audio files, okay? And what this means is if you, uh, have your, your live stream service that you in, in, embed into your website, then you need to have the, the, uh, the CCS streaming license. Um, you have to be, very vigilant uh, worship leaders to make sure you've got the proper licenses for what you intend to do. Now, some churches may not have the budget, and I'm going to tell you a workaround on that in just a few moments. But anytime that you post anything on whether it's uh, on your website, Or on Facebook, you got to make sure that you have the proper licensing. Now, uh, I'll tell you here probably a few months ago, uh, I got into Facebook jail uh, with the church uh, because I was posting some uh, videos that I wanted my congregation to learn uh, from YouTube. Now, these were not... I don't want to say well-known people, but uh, these were not some of your Southern gospel groups or praise and worship groups that I was showing videos of. It was basically someone sitting at the piano and playing this tune out with the lyrics. Even so, and what uh, I found out was that even if that is the case, if you don't specify, and we do have the licenses here at our church, uh, and, but we didn't, posted as a uh, disclaimer on the, uh, on the posting that we did. So from that point forward, we have always posted a disclaimer saying that we do have the legal licenses through CCLI or CCS that we can post these videos. Uh, so that way, if Facebook has a problem with it, we can give them our CCLI license or CCS license and they can look it up and see it's Faith Baptist Church. And then we're fine in in what we do. But make sure that you have the proper licensing or you could uh, get uh, uh, put in social media uh, jail uh, very quickly. Number eight, create digital media or downloads of new songs for distribution. Now, if your church does obtain a CCLI rehearsal license, you can create a means of digital distribution either with CDs, flash drives, download links, or or other forms uh, for your congregation of the upcoming new songs. You can distribute these to your congregation and ask them to spend time with the songs, getting familiar with them, and worshiping with them in their personal times. Be sure to provide great congregational-friendly arrangements and keys average people can sing. Now, one of the best resources that uh, Brother Kenny says, and I agree with him, uh, to find congregational worship songs that are accessible to the average person is on lifewayworship.com. They have great audio files of all their arrangements that you can use in church to mirror what your congregation is listening to. Now, for example, you could begin with the first 10 new songs from a new song introduction timeline to produce the first 10 songs for mass distribution. This one would ideally go out at least four weeks before you begin introducing these new songs. Now, second, you can plan a second distribution several weeks later for the next 10 songs. This was. Uh, this will accelerate your ability to engage your congregation with new songs in worship. Now, one thing I would suggest on this is if you have an instrumentalist, whether it's guitar, keyboard, pianist, whatever the case may be, if there's a way that you could record their playing of it, if you're going to utilize them during the worship service to present this song, then I would definitely record them doing that song and and, uh, distributing that out if you have the rehearsal license, okay? It just makes better sense. If you um, go with a top 100 song from CCLI, the arrangement may be key friendly for them to sing, but it may not be the way that you're planning to present the song. In other words, you may take uh, a song and you want to repeat the course two or three times and the presentation only repeats it once. Okay, your instrumentalist can help you produce what you are going to present with that song and how you're going to sing it. And that way, when they come in that Sunday, they'll know exactly what to expect when you introduce the song and how it's going to be presented. Is it going to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus a second time end? Uh, If it's going to be verse, verse and then chorus, chorus and then however you arrange it, your instrumentalist can help you present it that way. So I, that's one suggestion I would give you uh, for that if you plan on doing some inst- uh, some distribution of those songs that you're going to introduce to your congregation. Now, finally, if all else fails and you don't have your church doesn't have the means to purchase these licenses that you need, you can prepare a weekly guide. A weekly guide will help your people prepare for worship in a way and in, in, in way beyond being familiar with the new songs and help them be way familiar with the new songs. Now, instead of worrying about the the, the licensing and uh, from CCLI or whatever, if your church cannot afford that, uh, if you're in a very small church, then what you could do is, if you do have a Facebook site or website that your church utilizes, you could put up a master list and say, okay, over the next five Sundays, here's the five songs that I'm going to introduce. Uh, you can find these on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Go look it up. That way, that releases you from having to purchase the license uh, and 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 trying to post them uh on, on the uh, and getting the streaming license is what i mean or the rehearsal license to post them on your facebook page or your or your uh, uh, your church webpage, um you still need the uh, the licenses regardless Okay, if your church sings music and they uh, record it and play it later, you still need your CCLI license. Please let me be clear on that. Uh, you know, we we don't want to steal from the uh, the musicians who create this music for us uh, and not uh, being able to afford them the uh, the income that they deserve for producing this music. Uh, so let me be clear on that. But if you don't, if you can't afford a streaming license, uh, uh, and 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 the other li- the uh, rehearsal license from CCLI, then you can make a list of songs and have your people go out on their own and pull it up on on Google, YouTube, or whatever, and utilize their time for that. That way, that releases you. Okay, so you can prepare a weekly guide or a listing of what you're going to sing and have them look it up on their own, so they can worship and prepare on their own. Now, as I mentioned in previous podcast, be sure you check with your pastor before you introduce any new music to your congregation. As with most things in life, slow and steady wins the race instead of smash and bash. Above all else, make sure you have covered what you're about to do with prayer and guidance from the Lord. Now, on the next podcast, uh, I'll take a look at how to create things worship leaders should never do, okay? Basically, I'm going to go over the thou shall nots of worship leading. So I hope you'll join me next time for that. But until then, I just want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time today. Until the next time, keep a song in your heart and keep Jesus in the center. So long for now.